Yo, welcome to the Mad Random Podcast, episode 11. Um, I know you. I took a little break because I could do that. And um, yeah, let's get into it. First thing I want to speak to you about in this episode is about inner scripts and inner confessions and um, metaphors and slogans that shape our lives. The book of Job, when Job was going through all this crazy stuff in the book of Job chapter 3 verse 25, he says, for the thing I feared has overtaken me and what I have dreaded has befallen on me. And so a lot of people preach about that Job had, was dealing with certain fears and the things that he feared the most happened. And, you know, we have to watch our mind and our scripts and our subconscious mind because oftentimes what happens in our mind and what comes out of our mouth often happens in time. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of a great R&B singer named Marvin Gaye. And Marvin Gaye was killed by his own father. His name was Marvin Gaye too. Marvin Gaye Sr. killed Marvin Gaye Jr. And Marvin Gaye Sr. always used to say, I brought you into this world, I'll take you out of this world. And he always told his kids, the day you put your hands on me is the day you die. And he was just reckless with his mouth. Um, he was probably hurting because you know hurt people hurt people. Um, people who are in pain think they have a license to be a pain. And so Marvin Gaye Sr. wound up shooting Marvin Gaye Jr. And he probably blacked out and operated um, from a state of rage, reading the subconscious script that he's always said, that if somebody puts their hands on them, he's going to shoot them. And so, you know, we got to be careful of all the things we say because ultimately our body's going to act out in this programming. Um... You know, that's why I put in the cover of this week's episode with Mike Tyson with all the sheriffs around him. And because in Brownsville, Brooklyn, where he's from, they always say, I'm from DeVille, never ran, never will. And I was like, you know, it reminded me of, of that. And, you know, all our inner scripts and and a Book of Job. And so I just want to encourage you, man, just watch what you say to yourself and watch those things you confess. And don't always be so reckless, you know. With the way we speak to our own kids. Sometimes we threaten our kids and we say things like, I hope we're saying, I'll take you in, I'll take you out, or foolish stuff like that. But, you know, we have to, just because we barely made it, right? You know, some of us, 
we like to say our parents beat us and we like to say we had such a hard life and we relish and we speak so highly of these crazy situations that we find ourselves repeating them or thinking our kids are soft because they never get beaten. But it's our job to evolve and elevate and express um, the elevation of, of spirituality and consciousness. So, you know, if you look at Mike Tyson now, he ain't the same Mike Tyson from when he was biting Holyfield's ear because he has new scripts, he has new confessions, he has new things, uh, new goals in life. You know, uh, one of the things Mike Tyson said once, I think in a podcast, he said that Customato, his trainer, used to tell him, like, you're ferocious, you're an animal, you're a killer, you're a killer, you're, you're a gladiator, you're a warrior, and no one can beat you. And he told him all these things, and he, he turned them on to such aggression that Mike Tyson never knew how to shut it off, you know, and he never knew that paradoxes to these um, slogans of violence and all these scripts. He was pretty much hypnotized with no safe word or nothing like that. And I think Tiger Woods went through the same thing, um, that his father pushed him, pushed him into golf, and Tiger Woods' father was like, if you ever want to quit or if I'm going too hard, just tell me uh, enough. But he, I guess he said it with a tone like, you know, if you soft or whatever, say enough. So Tiger Woods prided himself that he never told his father enough. And then look what had what happened in his life. He was addicted to pornography. He was addicted to sex, and he was very vulgar. And he lost his his marriage. His wife, his ex wife, uh, she took him for half. Remind me of the Eddie Murphy comedy special. Uh, Eddie, I want half. Uh, she took him for half, like hundreds of millions. She's rich, and because he, she's now rich because he was broken in his spirit, and he was broken in his spirit because of the scripts that he was reading. So, uh, peep the script, and you know that's why we have to read the Word of God, and we have to renew our mind, and change our slogans, change the way we speak, even change your face, bro. You walking around with uh, R uh, RGF resting gangster face, and. Nobody's scared of you, homie. You old, right? And and so we walk around. That's why I walk around with a Mona Lisa smile. You know, that's one of the things that changed me. I started reading the Word of God. I started like um, realizing the power of being positive and the the magnetism of kindness is long remembered longer than slick with your words or tough with your hands. And um, yeah, so. You know, I just wanted to say, like, just want to remind you guys in 2020, let's change the script. Let's be positive. Let's be kind. Let's be meek, right? Meekness is power under control. It's not weakness. It's power under control. So uh, let's let's change. Let's get some miraculous metaphors. Let's get some sanctified slogans. Let's get some amazing confessions. And let's continue to rewire ourselves. So maybe if you change and I change, and our cousin changes, and our pastor changes, we can start moving the needle because uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. All right? All right, let's take a break. God good, 
God good, God good, God good Jump and shock out, you know say God good Punks all about, you know say God good Me happy ball out, me know say God good Me me tell you how, me know say God good God good, God good, God good What? Now it's time for the sermon recap. I believe I missed two sermons. I preached two sermons since my last podcast, but I don't want to bore you too much. So I'll talk about the last sermon. It was called um, Dynamic Disciples. And in the intro, I talked about why I used the word dynamic disciple. And I talked about dynamic with the, you know, the whole Greek word of dunamis in the book of Acts chapter one, verse eight. And, uh, you know, dunamis is translated to like, um, dynamite and dynamo so I picked out the word uh, dynamic and you know and I talked about in the Strong's concordance or whatever um, Dunamis talks about strength, power ability uh, it also talks about um, a moral power and the excellence of the soul and, and with disciples I was talking about like the disciple was a disciplined learner uh, who, who leans on the Holy Spirit and who serves. And I was like telling them like a disciple is not just a servant who cleans the bathroom or goes to the store for their leader, but a disciple is a learner and that learner spirals in all aspects of their life. And so when you are a person that is dynamic, you have the cutting edge. And you know what in the words, cutting edge talks about, uh, you know, cutting edge is an old 1980s Christian term, but it talks about be like an increasing level of effectiveness based on uh, your connectivity to God and your uh, anointing and your enablement. And so I was just teaching like dynamic disciples are uh, people learners with power and learner being a learner is the new superpower and that we have to stay humble, highly adaptable and well adjusted through the grace and power of God. I talked about Philippians 4:13. I could do all things through Christ that gives me strength. And that's really not just talking about, uh, you know, to get strength to get a first down or a three-pointer. Or, you know, I even said a joke about for a guy to talk to a single lady, um, you know. But it was it's strength in dealing with the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows of life um, in an anointed, adaptable way. And so... I was saying that, you know, as you're a dynamic disciple, you will begin to change the circumstances surrounding uh, your environment and impact people in your metron. And your metron is a Greek word um, in the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and a few other places, talks about your sphere of influence. And I reminded the church that we have to emit, E-M-I-T, more than we absorb, than we absorb. And because most people are just, and then, you know, as we become a dynamic disciple that wants to impact our metron, um, we begin to live in a more adaptable way and we begin to experience the power of maturity, purity, and unity. And because most people are just a bundle of conditioned reflexes and an algorithm of uh, reactions based on the conditioning and the hypnosis of society and everyone's rushing to conform. But as we are renewing our mind in Christ, and this guy's my room with his motorcycle. I'm trying to record over here. Um, 
as we renew our mind, we see beyond the bread and circus that's going on in the world. And I had another quote I said. Where is it? Hmm. I forgot. All right. So then the first, another big idea, the one, the first big idea was the gospel wakes us up and strips us of the fear of death, causing us to really live, right? So as we're a disciple, we're growing in our knowledge and revelation of the gospel. The fear of death begins to get smaller and smaller in our life, and it makes us uh, fearless. Not fearless, but makes us fear hyphen dash less. Um, not fearless in one word because, you know, a lot of people were just uh, adrenaline junkies and irresponsible and, you know, they'd be like, oh, I live by faith. And, you know, it's like their faith relies on my finances kind of, blah, 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 blah. So the, the Bible talks about uh, in First John 4 uh, that who um, the, there's no fear in love and perfect love drives out fear, Right. And because when we realize how much it's not about us, it's not about us loving God, but when we realize how much God loves us and how eternity is going to be so much better in this temporal life than that we begin to fear pause less. All right. Um, and I was talking about like some people die at the age of 25, but they're not, they're not buried till they're 80. Right. And so they, they, they just they just die, right? They stay the same. They stay sat stagnant for 40 years, 50 years, and their body doesn't, you know, gets buried decades later. And we have to learn. And some people are not born again till they're 40, right? They wasted, like Paul the Apostle said, everything in my life before Christ was rubbish. It was dumb. It was doo-doo, right? And so it's important that um, we begin this process of drawing close to, close to God and learning to feel less. And when we do that, we see beyond the, like the bread and circus. I found up the, the quote, uh, spectacles and drama of the news looks intimidating to the fearful, but all that stuff just looks like a deception to the people who feel less uh, through the power of God. All right. The second big idea was the less we need, the more we have. And Psalms 23 verse one uh, the Psalm of David is the, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or I lack nothing. And that, when David said the Lord is my shepherd, it talks about personal leadership, right? Uh, great leaders are great followers, and we have to let, we have to follow the guidance of God and the Holy Spirit. All right. And uh, I shall not want talks about, you know, a declaration and a decision of removing materialism and trusting God and allowing God to lead us. A dynamic disciple knows to allow God to provide sight, which is like vision, insight, which is like illumination, foresight, which is like prophecy, and oversight, which is like direction. Um, and I talked about that shall not want and being fearless. Um, it helps us uh, have be mindful and master the menial through the lens of um, the mission. Uh, sometimes greatness requires for us to appreciate the unspectacular. And the last thing I talked about as a dynamic disciple is learning warfare to win. And Ephesians 6.12 talks about we don't struggle and wrestle 
uh, with flesh and blood, but spiritual spiritual things against rulers, against authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And the purpose of combat is not just uh, to win. I mean, not just to tell everybody we're going through things, but is to uh, win and get our breakthrough and turn a state, a state into a stage and refusing to break down before our breakthrough uh, and to, to maintain our self-image in Christ and holding on and hold it, personalizing and holding on to the promises of God and operating through the processes of uh, maturity in the potter's world with fidelity. Um, and there's two major er- errors in spiritual warfare. There's one camp as overemphasis. They blame the devil for everything. There's a camp that's underemphasis and they refuse to realize that uh, the devil loves to distract and detour dynamic disciples from their destiny. And uh, we have to learn to be spiritual warfare, war- warriors. There was this Greek playwright, uh, tragedy writer from the tragedy genre. His name was Aeschylus. Aeschylus. And he had his, on his tombstone that he, instead of that he wrote 71 plays, on his, he wanted his tombstone to say that he fought at Marathon. And so, you know, as Christians, we want to be known as faithful people who finish the race, right? Not just as somebody who had a Lexus or somebody who had a fat 24 karat gold chain from Cambodia, but someone who finished the race and fought to the end. And we we wore the flourish, not just to survive. And I challenged the church to have a vision for uh for vitality, right? For st- physical, spiritual, and mental and emotional strength to their last day. And I challenge the church to refuse to live and uh, embrace the whole victim culture because doctors don't make money from healthy people. Pharmaceutical companies don't make money from healthy people. Therapists don't make money from healthy people. There's a, a hidden hand pushing everybody to imbalance and weakness. Uh, I talked about other things too, but let me see how long I've been talking to you all about this sermon. Oh my goodness, it's been 10 minutes. Yeah, it was a good sermon, and I hope you learned one or two, three, two, one or two things. Let's go to the NFL report. Now it's what's going on in the news. Um, LSU won the college football championship. They beat Clemson 
Uh, LSU is way too good. Uh, that guy, Joe Burrow, I don't know what he took. He went from, like, bench warmer, transfer, and it's just like the whole game slowed down to him. He also has, like, five-star recruit receivers and uh, defense. But, man, he threw 60 touchdowns. He's going to make a lot of money. So, LSU won the championship. What else is going on? Megxit, Prince Harry, his wife Megan, they like, we out. We don't really want to work for the king and queen. Well, there's no king, but we don't want to work for the queen. And they want to be financially independent. They want to be in control. They want to have a sense of autonomy and agency. And um, they want to split their time between Canada and uh, the UK. She, he, he brokered a deal. I saw him pressing uh, the CEO of Disney while Jay-Z and Beyonce was talking to Megan. And he was, he was like pressing them to hire Megan. And now Megan got a voiceover deal with Disney. Man, like, um, this is this is history. You know, I remember tinfoil hat time. I remember when I was young, they were saying like, oh, that's not... Well, of course, when I was young, they said that that wasn't even like Charles' son. That was like the bodyguard's son. But that's neither here nor there. Even though he does look like the bodyguard's son, he looked like the bodyguard, but Chloe looked like OJ's kid. And they already said that Chloe's not OJ's daughter, whatever, whatever. But it's like he married his mother because his mother was like a rebel to the system as well. So, you know, and there's a lot of stuff going on with racism and the coverage and the double standard between how they, to how the news media uh, reacts or responds to Kate compared to Megan. Um, so it's, it's crazy. And the queen is talking about how she's cool with it, but not cool with it. And also in the news to, the Houston Astros, they got caught cheating. Uh, they were finessing the system using some kind of like replay system and hitting a bat against a garbage can. And the batter will listen to how many times they hit the garbage can. It was crazy. People got fired in Red Sox. People got fired in Houston. They're talking about players getting suspended. It's, you know, a really, really big thing, this cheating scandal. And so um, we got to keep our eyes on that. And then um, Russian, the Russians are hacking the Ukrainian gas company, uh, Bur- Burisma, because I guess they want to get like the scoop on uh, Biden's son or what have you. And I guess the hackers want to help Trump or something. I don't know what's going on. And then today... The whole Russian political cabinet quit. I mean, this guy, Putin, really thinking he's the czar. And the whole cabinet, I don't know his name, Mendorf and every secretary and minister quit. And so there's a lot of stuff going on in Russia. I guess that move was too obvious. And I think Vladimir Putin was trying to change the constitution um, to make him the king or something. And I know, you know, with the populist moving going on and and you know, populism on steroids turns to fascism, but that's neither here nor there. Then the volcanoes going on in the Philippines. I don't know if you saw the picture, and there's like lightning coming from the volcano. I mean, it looks crazy. And then earthquakes after earthquakes in Puerto Rico. Uh, prayers out to Puerto Rico. They have like dozens of earthquakes. And then the fires in Australia, um, Iran, right? They bodied 
the, the, the Americans shot through a drone some general, and then the Iranians shot some missiles at American base. But first, the Iranians through proxy or something in Iraq bum rush uh, American consulate. Then Americans killed a general. Then Iranians shot missiles at the American base somewhere, maybe in Iraq. And then the Iranians accidentally shot down uh, a commercial plane, thinking it was the Americans. It's it's been um, a little crazier. There's been student protests over there, probably with some assistance of CIA, but you didn't hear that from me. Um, and there's just so much going on in the world. What else is going on? Oh, Spike Lee became the first African American to be the president of the Cannes Film Festival jury. Um, Chris Jennings won the Jeopardy. I'm, I'm like a Jeopardy fan. I'm one of those guys that know the answers at home, but I, if I was there, I'll just be staring and, you know, not even pressing the button. Um, what else is going on? Let me look at my click. Oh, the U.S. and China uh, trade deal was signed today. Um, they also, this the impeachment hearings is going to a new level today. Uh, it's funny because one of the people on the, on the impeachment hearing, Hakeem Jeffries, I, his son went to one of my schools I worked at. I met him. He's a cool dude. You know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon and all that good stuff. Then the Democrats had the, the, the debate yesterday, and my man Bernie was beefing with your girl, Elizabeth Warren. And, you know, and then Elizabeth Warren did the whole, like, I'm not going to shake your hand. I'm going to shake my own hand. And then Bernie was doing the whole Larry David, like, what? What are you talking about? You sound crazy. And, um, you know, it was crazy. And then also, I think today or yesterday, this plane ju- dumped, like, all this fuel, jet fuel on uh, the path to LAX. And it, it went all over schools. So it's been a lot of stuff uh, going on in the world. But that's my report. Now you know. You didn't know what was going on. Some of you guys didn't know half the stuff I said. Now you know. Now you go argue with your little friends at work tomorrow at the water cooler. All right, I'm out. Break. All right, my friends. This is the last little chapter in episode 11. I hope you enjoyed this podcast uh, just want to encourage you, January, you know, everybody's year, new year, new me. Um, but I just, you know, be encouraged. Don't get so caught up in um, your goals and your habits and how much money you're going to save and packing your lunch and overnight oats and, you know, just try your best and, you know, ask God for grace and help get an accountability partner, get around good people, take care of yourself, but don't stress and strain too much, you know, um, you're doing better than you think. God loves you more than you can ever imagine. You're stronger than you give yourself credit for, and you have more allies than you realize. All right? Stay encouraged, my friends. Um... And I, um, I think that's it. Yeah. Be blessed. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy this little prayer tunes. And I'll do another episode in maybe three days, maybe six days, maybe seven days. 
but it'll be coming out soon. Let me know if you're enjoying this podcast. All right, peace. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears have come. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child. Chosen me